This is the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Goodison Park. Hello everybody and welcome to the post-game podcast to react to the low point of a season that sadly for Evertonians is only going one way and that's nowhere. Yes, the Blues' poor form in the Premier League was compounded on Saturday evening when they were knocked out of the FA Cup by championship strugglers Millwall. And while Marco Silva's side were not helped by the officials or by the lack of VAR at the den, as the two guests on this podcast made perfectly clear, it really wasn't a night for excuses. My name is Paul Wheelock and after we get the hard verdicts of our Everton FC correspondent Phil Kirkbride, you will hear my conversation with Conor O'Neill, just one of many fed-up Evertonians. And the podcast rounds off with every word that a feisty silver had to say in his post-match press conference. Thanks for joining me. The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Evening everybody, uh, Millwall 3, Everton 2. Uh, so here we are on the night of January the 26th and for all intents and purposes Everton's season is over uh, three and a half months before it's officially meant to end any last hope of success um, the saving grace that remained on the table for a stuttering season of transition uh, has gone uh, amid a capitulation of unbelievable proportions Everton twice led in this cup tie it was never going to be easy there was so much riding against them in many ways the pitch the weather the the home fans the atmosphere the fact the tv cameras were here and of course the pressure twice they led twice they were pegged back before crumbling in time added on uh, all three goals from set pieces yes the second should not have stood it's handball and rightly there needs to be discussion about the consistent use of var of lack of consistent use of var as it was not available to the officials here but that isn't the story that's just a subplot. The real story is Everton, their season lurching to a new low, uh, and as we say, that their season is effectively over now, um, heaping unnecessary pressure on the manager. Look, Everton are thinking long-term with him, and absolutely rightly so, but it just creates a real downer. Now the rest of the season, there's 15 league games to go, but you can forgive uh, all the supporters for just counting down the days until the season's over and the transfer window opens and that can at least offer some hope where tonight it feels there is very little The Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo OK, I'm now joined by Conor O'Neill Conor, you just watched Everton crash out of the FA Cup alongside me there, what are your feelings mate? It's basically disappointing Paul it's a uh... You know, it's a game Everton should be winning. There's, there's no, there's no other way you're looking at it. You know, we're playing against a low, a low level Championship side who, you know, would have to take and it's, it's bad, bad fundamental basic errors again that are costing us. And you know, you you waiting and hoping that the penny's going to drop with this team, but it just shows no sign of, and it, and it's it's becoming almost painful to watch now. And you're half expecting, you're half expecting the stupid errors, the stupid mistakes, you know, the switching off, people not picking up the man. You know, people not reacting quick enough. You're expecting it now, which it's unforgivable. You, you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be watching a team like we've got, thinking they're going to make mistakes. You should be thinking, oh well, what can so and so produce out of nothing? Or is Gilfie Sigurdsson going to left fly from distance? And you, you should you should be looking at it in a more positive aspect. But instead, we're looking at it from a a, ne- a negative negative aspect. And you know, you 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 thought after the Bournemouth game that the penny dropped. And we turned a corner, but the last two weeks we've gone back around that 
the roundabout almost and going back down the road that we were on, probably a, a lot more alarm and pace than before the Bournemouth game. Totally agree. I suppose you could say tonight, and Marco Silva certainly just pointed to it in his post-match press conference about the second goal, the second equaliser. Uh, it clearly went in off the lad's arm, and there's going to be debates long into this week about VAR. But is that a convenient excuse, or do you think Everton have been really hard done by on that tonight? No, I think I, I don't think it is. I think it's a cowardly way out for Everton to blame the goal because even with that goal, we still draw two two. So we still go to a replay, you know. We've still give we still give Millwall hope, you know. We're still sat there thinking to ourselves, "I've let that game slip from being, from twice being in front." So no, I think you know it is on ball, and I think it was quite you know embarrassing the scenes. If if we're being honest, that that followed. I mean, the line the referee goes over to the linesman, Michael Olds goes over to his linesman. Gives the goal and then the big screen by all accounts shows every play off the goal with all the players and Michael Oliver watching it, which clearly shows that the ball comes off his arm. So, you know, there was numerous times where Oliver did get the chance to change his mind, but he didn't. You know, the VAR debate always lingers in football, doesn't it? I mean, in my opinion, I think it should be used either all in or all out. I think the, the fact that it's used in selective games is stupid um, because it doesn't really live. live Given an even playing field for, for teams because you know we could have seen an instant last night in the Arsenal my new game where one of them gets a bit of fortune off our tonight we've seen Everton being a little bit hard done we'd be a little bit hard done to by the second goal if VAR's in, in action it probably prevents that goal and, and chokes it off but on the whole to use it as an excuse it, it is pathetic really and you know you've got there's, there's, we've got much more problems at the minute than than a handball goal going in and it's as it's a cowardly, cowardly look to take, you know, just to blame. Oh well, you know, the second goal was handball. We've still conceded three goals against the championships I had, which, you know, it's unforgivable. And the problem is as well, well you've, you've you've highlighted so many there. You know, in Southampton, all Evertonians were so angry by the, the the Carabao Cup defeat to Southampton early in the season because Marco Silva didn't pick his strongest side. You can't even level that at him tonight in the place, can you? That was a strong eleven out there. Yeah, well, you know, it was billed all week, wasn't it? The, the, I mean, certainly I billed as the the, the 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 biggest game of our season so far in in the run up to, to tonight. And you know, Silver had to pick the strongest team. You know, there was no there was no question about the whole let's rotate because we simply weren't in a position to you know we've got very little to play for. We have very little to play for coming into tonight. We've now pretty much got nothing to play for till till the end of the season. So Silva had to pick a strongest team. And I think that's what makes it more disappointing, is that if you bring people in, it doesn't quite go to plan. It's a bit of a get-out clause, you know. You could you could say, you know, we, there's lads in there who, who aren't going to roll their sleeves up on a night like we've just seen, where it's, it's wet, it's cold, you know, conditions aren't great, the pitch isn't great, because they've basically been frozen out and, and isolated from, from the start of 11. But that was Silva's start of 11. I mean, so many of them players have been pinnacle to a lot of the good times this season. And it's quite alarming that so many of them have hit a slump in form at the same time. Normally you get one or two, which is natural, especially you know players who come in from foreign leagues because they're not used to playing the, the intense Christmas period and you normally get a couple of drop-offs. But we seem to, as a team, not just individuals, as a team, completely lost our form and completely lost what we were good at before the Merseyside derby. And we now all of a sudden lost our identity, you know, me and you were watching that game there and you, there's nothing to get excited by. You know, there, there's no 
patterns of play or movement or little things that make you think, oh, you know, I like to look at that or, you know, you can see what we're trying to do there. We, I mean, last week, and I know Phil Kirkbride alluded to it in his, his match report, we pumped long, hopeless balls forward for pretty much the whole 90 minutes at Southampton with Richardson up front. It's ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. You're not going to get nothing out of it. Tonight there, I don't know what we've done for 90 minutes if, in a, from a football perspective. We've scored a relatively good goal in, from Zentosin, you know, good, good build-up play got in behind. But apart from that, you know, the goalies threw one in for Richarlison's. You can't really think of many chances that we've created or many bits of good attack and play where you thought, oh, that was that was good. And it all coincides with the slumping form and it's worrying and it's alarming because it's showing no signs of, of easing up. Just a final one, mate. You know, we've been looking at Twitter ourselves then and there's the debate's beginning to rage. There's obviously scrutiny coming on silver. People are beginning to wonder whether he is the right manager. And there's, equally, there's a lot of people on there going, what's the point getting rid of another manager? He needs a season. He needs and two, three transfer windows, which I think is fair enough given you know the mess that him and certainly Marcel Brandt has inherited. But he's got to turn around this slump, hasn't he? You know. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's almost like we're on a knife edge again. At the minute, you know, it, it doesn't seem that far that long ago since Ronald Koeman was on a knife edge, and that all blew up in front of our faces rapidly. It looks and feels as though it's going the same way if right now this minute, and you know that could be an overreaction because of what, what we've seen. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, you're alarmed by what you're witnessing, and a lot of the the the, the things that are going wrong are so basic in football. You know, it's, it's people not picking up the men, people not working hard, people not you know tracking runners and. That a lot of that comes down to one man. That's the manager. It, it's his job to ensure the players are up for games. It's his job to ensure the players know what they're doing from set pieces, who's marking who, you know, the preparation, that type of thing. So while it, it's easy to, you know, me and you have alluded to it before in the past. There is a big job at Everton. You know, there's no doubt about no doubt about it. The, the mismanagement of the club over the last couple of years is now really coming back to to haunt us. You know, we've got a lot of players on the wage budget who simply can't get a look in and won't be getting a look in, but they still they still get paid at the end of every week. So that's not you can't label that as though, but the immediate signs of immediate signs on the pitch, you can. And I think Tuesday night's game now Huddersfield is absolutely massive. We simply cannot get beat. I'm not saying that if we do get beat he'll, he'll be gone or he'll be sacked because I think that he's firmly got the backing of Machery and Brands. For, for a long time to come but I think from a fan perspective it's massive if you get beat on Tuesday that's what three defeats out of four in the yeah. month of January no four defeats out of five yeah. in the January yeah. because less than New Year's less Day less than the New Year's Day yeah that's really poor return and I, I remember talking to uh, an Echo colleague of yours Ian Crawl at the turn of the month and at the turn of the year sorry and I remember saying to him it, it's a big January for him he's got, to t- he's got to get results with the games we're playing and so far, it's a, it's a big January going all the wrong going all the wrong way. But you know, we're simply second best to most teams we'd be playing. I think in terms of the fan pressure, it'll only increase because while it's been a small minority who people, you know, have labelled as a little bit rash in mm-hmm. the way that the way yeah. their approaches and you know saying, well, what's the strategic long term solution if we do get we do sack them now? That small minority can can very quickly turn into you know, quite heavily populated minority to all of a sudden it's more than a minority, it's a majority. And we've seen that happen time and time again in football where a small pocket 
grows to the majority and once the majority turn on a manager it's a long long or a player it's a long we've seen before it's a long long mm-hmm. road back to recovery nine times out of ten people don't get back on the road to recovery they're out the door and Silver for his own sake can't afford to let a small minority become a minority to a majority because if he just gets to the point of majority there'll be simply no return for him and he'll probably become the next victim of the Everton case what seems to be a sort of unmanaged at the minute the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Marco, how do you how do you sum things up? Afternoon. Big frustration for us. Uh, disappointing. Um, tough, tough afternoon. Um, for us as a club, of course. Um, we have a aim, a goal in this competition and this afternoon was really disappointing for us. In my opinion, two, two points, two details made, made the difference this afternoon. Um, we have to be more mature, uh, taking the, the our responsibility on the pitch, because in this level, um, with the players we have in playing in, in high level and working in this club, cannot score one goal in 43 minutes or 44, and after one free kick in the line of the middle, he was considered one goal like we considered and after again after the, our second goal made big impact also the decision the referee because in this level and if the competition has VAR for one some crowd some stadiums have to be in all because it doesn't make sense clear and ball that goal um, and I think I'm sure the end ball is not allowed in football and that moment wasn't goal because we did what we did in some moments not all the game because it was difficult difficult pitch also Difficult opponent, big crowd uh, supporting the our opponent also. Uh, but we scored the first, even with a mistake in the, in the second half, with some, some good moments, we scored, scored the second goal. And that moment, um, if we have seven, eight players in, in the penalty area, and seven, eight, they saw the, the end ball, it's really difficult for us if um, our referee cannot, cannot see, the assistant cannot see also. And after two minutes, or one minute, all the thousand people saw, saw on the, the, the big screen, but the referees didn't see, didn't see again. Uh, the fourth referee didn't see, and all the, 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 the referees they didn't see. It's really strange in that moment. It was difficult for us, and that, in my opinion, the, the two moments made uh, made big impact. Have to be more mature in that moment, like we considered the the, the first the, the, and the third goal, um, and, and the decision the referee also. Have to be because we have to take this responsibility. We are giving the game for what they want. Always falls and falls. In the last 15 minutes after the second goal, uh, we have to to play our game, keep playing our game, and don't give them what what they want. Always winning free kicks and corners in some important moments. Much. Well, Marco, it must be huge frustration knowing that in some Premier League grounds they have that. If that game is at Goodison Park, then the goal is. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. If we have to be fair with all the, all the clubs, and you have to to be fair with the competition also, you have to do for all the, the games because it doesn't make sense. Now you go home, big frustration, and not uh, it's not just for the, the referee to be clear. I'm not here widening with the with the, the just with the referee, but it's the truth. Tough game for us. 
We are winning 2-0, and in that moment, made made big impact on, on the pitch. And you have to be fair, even with the competition, not just with the Everton Football Club because we play here, but with the competition, because it doesn't make sense. Clear and ball in that moment. Our players, they saw, after they go to, to speak with the assistant, after 1,000 people saw on, on the, big, the big screen, I think they look also, the four referee looks also. It doesn't make sense, because we have to be fair with the competition, with all the clubs, and put the VAR in all the stadiums. Have you spoken to Michael Oliver? No. Why? That changed nothing why I will speak with him. I respect him, of course, but why? I know what uh, they, he will say to me, because they say always the same thing. Marco, would you have liked him to use the big screen? I know they don't have VAR, but would you like the referee no, to have used the big screen? I to don't, make I'm not here to, to change the rules. They know the rules. Uh, they know what what they can do. What uh, what what was good for us. Clearly, if they they can see what's happened on the pitch in that moment, what's happened on the pitch wasn't ball. Marco, away from the referee, you considered three times from set pieces. How frustrating is that for you? Because you know, coming to know all, that's what they're good at. Yes, and because that I told you, um, two details made made the difference on the pitch. That decision, but before that, what what we did. And we have to to be mature, to take our responsibility as a as a team, because you can work twenty hours, three hours, thirty hours, the, the same thing. But after, if during 94, 95 minutes, you cannot put there um, and take your responsibility on the pitch, it will be difficult to to achieve what you want and to be stronger in that that type of moments. We work we work what we have to work and what I decide to to work, but of course. Is part of the our the our plan to to work, and of course, when you plan one game to to play against Millwall, not just home away, uh, we knew before the match what they want: winning falls and uh, some corners, some long throw-ins. Uh, about the falls, we gave um, in some moments what they want, um, and about the, the free kicks because uh, when you consider one goal in one free kick, the line off the middle is not. It's not a matter of work or not. It's a matter you have to take your responsibilities on the pitch, nothing more. You wanted to see a reaction after what happened uh, last weekend against Southampton. Did you see enough today to be, to be satisfied? Of course I'm not satisfied. Uh, when one club like us uh, came here and, uh, and not, not go through the, the competition, of course I'm not. It's impossible to be satisfied with the, the situation. Uh, I'm not here to, to talk because I don't, I cannot say nothing about um, the attitude of our players. But in some moments, we have to be responsible there on the pitch. In some moments, the game, when all the moments, free kicks, corners, we have to to put out the right aggressiveness there and uh, all focus in that in that moments. Even if uh, in one of them the, the referee um, didn't see the, the the clear and ball. You've been listening to the Royal Blue Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.